0: what's going on everyone you're listening to the miaga nation podcast i'm alex miller from the eagle uh here in the eagle newsroom but up here that's travis brown travis is in omaha covering the college world series in the heartland of america travis it's media day up there in omaha how how, how are things going uh, as day one of the college world series approaches
1: it is absolutely fast and furious. The Aggies were the first ones up here. They were the first ones to take practice, first one in the press conference room, and they're just firing through all eight teams as uh, we go through. There's lots of storylines everywhere, some from uh, the teams that AM is on that side of the bracket with, some on the other side. It, it, it's mayhem, but all the best kind of mayhem here at, at the, the Schwab.
0: Yeah, you know, storylines just abound with this team, uh, the side of the bracket that they're in. Uh, when you look at who they're playing first, who they could potentially play down the road in bracket play, what are some of the main storylines coming into this first game? a of course, starts the College World Series on Friday at 1 p.m. against Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, a lot of talk on that exact matchup because it's going to be an interesting one for A&M. Uh, Jim Schlossnagel said that, The Sooners offense is unlike any that they've really seen in through SEC play. SEC, of course, has the big power bats in the smaller stadium, so lots of home runs, lots of extra base hits. Oklahoma, their players, when they was asked about their offense, they said they like to create chaos, which it's a little bit more like what A&M saw in Louisiana in the regional, uh, but probably with a, a little bit more hitting prowess than, than maybe the, the Raysian Cajuns had, of course, because they were able to get here to uh, the College World Series. But the Sooners are maybe the hottest team coming into this series. Uh, they won the Big 12 tournament and have blown through a regional and a super regional. A lot of people thought they would host a regional. They didn't. Uh, but here they are, and they're facing the Aggies. Nathan Detmer is going to be up for the Aggies' first on the mound, a right-hander, one that the Sooners haven't saw. You'll remember Mike is their other starter, uh, Pitched for Texas Tech before coming to A&M, and uh, he, the Sooners have, have seen him go. So Jim Schlossnagle said he, he thought about doing something a little crazy in this first game uh, to maybe line them up a little bit better moving forward. Maybe like doing a bullpen game or an opener using the bullpen in, a, in an interesting way to start the game. But he said I'm sticking to the routine. They're going with Detmer, and and that's how the thing the game is shaping up uh, leading into it.
0: Of course, the College World Series, there's eight teams. It's double elimination. They're split into two brackets of four teams that play double elimination on each side. The two winners of the brackets then play each other in a best-of-three championship series. Travis, Notre Dame and Texas, they are the other two teams in a side of the bracket. What's kind of what's the memo going on between the Fighting Irish and the Longhorns who a beat earlier this season, actually?
1: It's funny because people were joking. What other situations go into where like Notre Dame seems to be kind of the underdog, but you look in that bracket, that side of the bracket, you have A&M, Texas and OU, like you said, all regional rivals, all kinds of storylines from there. The fan bases want to play each other. And then there's kind of Notre Dame over here. Uh, that, that's, that's, a, a not a bystander to it all, but, but, a uh, a, a, a fourth, uh, party to it all. And, uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, that game plays out. A lot of questions towards the UT players about uh, how does it feel to have a, not, not a lot of people like you. And I know there was a lot of, of, of animosity when they were out at the East Carolina series and uh, fan bases getting into it, lots of horns down. Uh, you, you wrote a little bit of the story about that as well. Uh, so I asked those players a little bit about uh, how exciting it will be that the fact that it doesn't matter who wins or loses any of those games. Texas is going to go in and play one of their uh, natural rivals in that second game, whether it's in the elimination game or if it's in uh, the winner's bracket. So, man, that's going to be a lot of fun for everyone who's, who's coming to watch some of those games.
0: On the other side of the bracket, there's Stanford and then the three other SEC West schools, Arkansas, Auburn, and Ole Miss. Uh, I think you just talked with some Stanford guys. Jacob Palish, of course, uh, played at Stanford before he came to A&M this last season. You know how how unique is that uh, former teammate getting to come to the same spot with his former team?
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, you know, they uh, one of the Alex uh, I just forgot his last name because so they didn't bring the uh, the the roster. But one of the pitchers for Stanford said they're they're buddies, and and uh, you know, before the season started, uh, 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 Palish texted him and said, you know, like, hey, well, I'll see you. Good, good luck on the season, and we'll see you in Omaha came to fruition. You know, they were actually all as a team watching, uh, the, the, the final outs of that A&M series and and they took a picture watching it. And, you know, one of the players said, yeah, you know, we, kind of decided whether it'd be a good look or not to tweet that out, but they said, Hey, he's, he's our buddy and and we want to see him, him do well, as long as kind of not playing us. So they elected to put that tweet out there of all kind of congratulating him on, on advancing, uh, you know, I talked a little bit with Stanford coach at the end and about uh, Jim Schlossnick bringing him in in that three-two count in the super regional. Uh, and everyone in the stadium and in college baseball knew he was going to throw that slider, and he still managed to get that pitch in. And he, he was really impressed with that effort. So a lot of love there. Uh, you know, uh, the coach said he's going to go and get a selfie with him. He's a big selfie guy and told them he, you know, uh, they, if they can get to Omaha, it was going to happen, and they're going to make that happen uh, sometime here in the next couple of days. Uh, a really cool story uh, uh, between those guys and, and a lot of lot of love still with those teammates.
0: Pretty competitive side. Uh, three teams a and pretty com- familiar with on that side of the bracket. Just real quick, who, who do you think it might be the biggest contender on, on the opposite side of the bracket of A&M? You know,
1: I think the Vegas odds actually have it as Ole Miss, uh, which is interesting enough, but Arkansas is always a tough team when it comes to the college world series and the team that they've been able to put together. And then you have Stanford, who's a, who's a national seed. Um, The interesting thing about this, now that Tennessee is out of this mix, of course, they got uh, uh, knocked out by um, Notre Dame in in that A&M side of the bracket without Tennessee in here. There's not really that one team that seems completely well-rounded there. There's a lot of teams in here that at least at some point in the season had to overcome some deficit in their game and, and some are bringing that into here. I mean, it's always been interesting to hear Jim Schlossnigel talk about the Aggies uh, leading up to this College World Series saying, you know, when we get to this spot in our program, when they get to the spot in the program where they've built up their pitching staff, um, things will be good. Well, they're the second highest seed in Omaha right now without that aspect of program building yet. So, you know, what what's to come? Um, so I think that uh, it's a pretty wide open game for anyone, I think the Aggies are going to have, uh, going back to the Aggie side of things, they're going to have their hands full with, with Oklahoma. It's a team that if, if A&M doesn't bring their absolute A game, especially defensively, and especially pitchers building their position, it could get sideways quick.
0: Yeah, I was going to segue into this. What do, you, what do you feel like is the most important things A&M's going to have to do in order to you know make a run in Omaha? Something that they just really historically have not done.
1: Starting pitching. Uh, You know you're going to have Nathan Detmer. You're probably going to have Mike Dallas, depending on how things go in in the next game. They could, if they win the first one, they could save Dallas for a little bit later down the line. But you know you're going to have those two guys. And even with those guys, they have to get past the fifth inning. It's something I've talked about a lot. They haven't gotten, had a starting pitcher get past the fifth inning since uh, when when, when was the NFL draft, when they were up in Vanderbilt. That's when Nathan Detmer, seven innings, I think, got a – SEC Pitcher of the Week uh, nod that week. But since then, which was, what, late April, -April, mid-April? They haven't had a starting pitcher go beyond uh, five-innings pitch. They've got to get some more out of their starting pitching because uh, any – deficits at this point, it it could could be the end of your season uh, when you look into that and continue to have that consistency consistency out of the bullpen. I know there was a time in the season where the bullpen was the bane of A&M's existence, and now it seems to be actually one of the stronger pieces they have uh, to the puzzle. Um, The the other interesting thing is i like to see how their power does in a stadium. This is a stadium that faces the south so the wind blows in. It's expansive. uh, The outfield is is deep, and it's interesting to see for so as many times as the home run has saved Texas A&M and games and the comebacks, is that still going to be uh, in play here at the Schwab?
0: You know, Travis, I know that you, you enjoy going to the College World Series. Omaha is a great atmosphere for a lot of people. You know, what's kind of been the buzz so far, first couple of days that you've been there? And, and what really makes Omaha such just a unique place for this kind of 12-day baseball tournament here in June?
1: I mean, it it is like the thing that happens here. You know, I I like to call it, it's the state fair of baseball. I'm, I'm a Dallas native. So I grew up going to the Texas state fair and it's just like celebrating everything that Texas, this is celebrating everything. That's baseball. They have vendors selling everything you can imagine. T-shirts everywhere. It's a parts night. It's the opening ceremony. They're going to have the teams march in and the mayor give a speech and fireworks. Um, it just, with all those warm, good, romantic feelings you have about baseball, they're all encompassed into everything that happens here. I, you know, I wasn't even aware of this. After the teams get done with practices today, which are open to the public, they just fire up uh, the Field of Dreams movie on the, on the uh, scoreboard and play that movie. So the fans can just sit back to a, a baseball class there. Um, so uh, there's, but, but the idea of this city has become so entwined with the college series. That I couldn't imagine any other place. And it's so incredibly uh, special seeing that dog pile statue outside and um, seeing all of the fanfare and vents and buildings and tents and everything around the stadium. I've told this to a lot of people. I've covered the Super Bowl, I've covered uh, you know, the basketball tournament, I've covered a lot of College series is still always by far my favorite to cover. Sporting that go to have a dog on in baseball fans, you got to come see the college world, too.
0: Well, Travis, before we let you go, I think we got a guest in our next segment. Is that right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, interestingly, because we have the great Lee Benson, KAG, sports, thanks there, sports, uh, sports, uh, chief down there at uh, KAGS for several years. Home news nine now covering Sooners. I talked to them out on the dugout uh, of uh, the Schwab about that match between Oklahoma and A&M, and preview the, the the Sooners a little bit.
2: What's going on, everyone? It's Travis Brown. We're here at the Schwab, Charles Schwab Field in uh, Omaha. I'm next to you. Might you might recognize this guy from uh, a few years ago? Former. KAG's sports yes. director now Oklahoma City News Nines Lee Benson. He covers the Sooners up there. Who is Texas A and M's first opponent here at the College World Series? Uh, Lee? What have you seen from the seniors this year? I know they talked about a lot of chaos, a lot of uh, a different offense that maybe AM has seen this year uh, in covering the seniors this year. What have you seen from them and what do A&M fans have
3: to expect from them? Sure. Oklahoma, you go back two months ago and it was a team a little over 500, weren't thinking much of them. And then like a switch was flipped and they have played incredible baseball since about mid April. And, it's all about obviously pitching and hitting, and, and they've always been a good hitting team. The pitching has really come around, especially here in the NCAA tournament. And it's one of those things. You're a baseball guy as well. It, it's it's so bizarre how whenever a lineup can hit, hit so well it seems like there's a like synergy there and, and the, the pitching gets better and even though you wouldn't think there's much to do with one another because they're two separate things uh both sides have, have played so well and right now I, I know every team entering this tournament is super hot obviously i know a&m is incredibly hot right now but oklahoma it feels like they're one of those teams where in baseball you get super hot and you just wonder when's it going to end and I keep thinking two weekends ago eh, it's probably going to start to fizzle out that magic last weekend against Virginia Tech thought it was going to fizzle out it didn't and here we are in, in Omaha so uh, Oklahoma's been a fun team to watch and I'm looking forward to seeing this matchup against AM. it's kind of surreal since I covered the Aggies like you did uh, you know five six years ago and now here we are covering Oklahoma and Texas a yeah
2: of course uh, pitching standpoint what have you seen from their pitchers what can a expect from some of those arms I know as is all college baseball teams here, very offensive heavy. What can they do from uh, the pitching side?
3: Well, Oklahoma's ace is Jake Bennett. Probably going to see him tomorrow. I know Skip Johnson, though, did not. uh, dodge my question a little bit. Yeah, and and he did that uh, last week at Blacksburg, too. So that's kind of what he's been doing right now. I expect to see Jake Bennett, big lefty, throws hard. He's been... His ERA is around three here in the NCAA tournament, knocked off Florida, beat Virginia Tech. So you'll see him uh, out of the bullpen. Their closer, Trevin Michael, has been fantastic. Uh, and on, uh, not that we're going to get there, but David Sandlin's their, their next starter. And Cade Horton, closed out the Blacksburg Super Regional. So he's a player where I'm not sure how Skip Johnson's going to manage his pitching staff in game one of the series. Surely he wants uh, Bennett to go as long as possible. But Kate Horton's a guy that you might be able to see right out of the bullpen early on, especially if Bennett struggles against the Aggies.
2: Offensively, like I mentioned before, their team, they talked about how do they kind of define their offense. They said they like to play chaotic, to create create chaos. That's not necessarily great for the Aggies, who have struggled defensively, have especially struggled with PFPs, pitchers fielding uh, fielding bunts, things things like that. And, and Jim Schlossengel said it's unlike any offense they've seen in the SEC because there's a lot of uh, teams that can thump in the uh, in the SEC. Offensively, what does that chaos look like? And you're a baseball guy for a team that might struggle a little bit with um, bringing some errors in the game, especially the pitching perspective. How how does that matchup favor the, the
3: uh, Sooners or, or the Aggies? So I, I've done a little bit of research on the game. And on paper, I think this does match up well for Oklahoma because I know A&M starting pitching has been a little shaky recently. And Oklahoma is so good offensively, especially like you mentioned mentioned, uh, they, they get opposing pitchers uncomfortable because they steal a lot of bases, by far the most stolen bases of any team here in Omaha. I know A&M is number two behind Oklahoma. So, yeah, they, uh, you heard Skip Johnson today talk about how like, you have to be willing to make mistakes to have success. And he's not afraid to have these guys go out there and run a lot and make mistakes. And it creates success on the base pass because the other team has to make plays. And it, it works out for them. And the big reason why I think they're able to do it so much, though, is that one through nine, they're hitting. They're getting on base. So uh, it makes it a lot easier to run when you got guys constantly on base, on base, on base. And as you mentioned with AM, and am i A&M, I'm curious to see if, if, like you said, if their PFPs and their feeling is not the snuff, those little things, you know, the details, that's going to be the difference most likely in games here in Omaha. Could
2: be close to what uh, A&M saw in Louisiana Lafayette, a team that likes to run the Matt Diggs. I know you remember Matt Diggs from uh, the Sam Houston State thing. So I'm not going to ask for pr- prediction, but the the uh, three keys that you think Oklahoma or a few keys Oklahoma needs
3: to, to pull out the win. Well, probably very similar to A&M. Starting pitching is always – Important if they get to Jake Bennett early. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm curious to see what the bullpen would look like. So, starting pitching, uh, as far as the bats go, if Oklahoma just keeps playing the way they are, uh, especially against uh, a starting pitcher for AM who I, I believe has been kind of shaky so far in the NCAA tournament, that looks good on paper. So, starting pit uh, the bats hitting the same way, one through nine. Uh, and then you get to Trevin Michael, the closer in the bullpen. If Oklahoma can get to him, he's been phenomenal so far in the Subway tournament. He's only allowed a couple of runs. Uh, those are the three keys, but... Maybe the main key, though, is Jim Schlossnagle because he had some success against Skip Johnson in Oklahoma at TCU since Skip Johnson got there in 2018. I believe TCU was 7-3 and three against the Sooners, so that that might be one of those uh, not-looked-at-too-much much x factors in the game. Thanks so
2: much, Lee. You can find the stuff at Oklahoma News 9 uh, up in Oklahoma City, and uh, we'll be back for more coverage here from the College World Series.
0: Thanks again to Lee for giving us a little insight on the AM Oklahoma matchup Friday afternoon. All right, Travis. Uh I can't I can't let you go without talking about food. And for once, I'm actually proud of you for starting the trip off on the right leg. Uh what was that steak, man, that you posted on Twitter? And where where did that the come drover. from? The Drover.
2: The Drover. The Drover. Okay. It is a steakhouse here in Omaha. It's one that was uh Recommended highly by Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball. They have a whiskey marinated steak, a whiskey marinade. They put it in, like, they, like, marinate it, like, after you order it and then put it on the grill. It's delicious. It's the best steak I've ever had in my life. Comes with some uh, some bread and some fries, and I got a little slice of key lime pie. I'm pretty sure that if I ever have to, like, declare a a final meal for myself, I want it to be that.
0: Okay, so they marinate it after you order it so so how long does it take to actually get the steak
2: it it took a little bit of time it was about a 40 minute wait so don't come like famished but you got plenty of bread you got a all-you-can-eat salad bar it's Um, worth the wait though it's yeah oh it's oh it's um, uh, just immensely worth the wait I I, it it was not the cheapest of meals and I'm still trying to decide if if this tournament goes if A&M makes a good run in it if I'm if I'm gonna go back because there might be a shot
0: so I know that there's probably going to be a lot of people packing their cars in maroon and white heading up I-35 all the way to Omaha. What what are a couple other places you think that, you know, people coming for the first time need to check out up in Omaha some staples?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know some places have closed and opened since I've been here last, so, but I know Blatt is still open over the right field wall of uh, Charles Schwab Stadium, and that's a, that's a great place to eat. Uh, and then just the downtown district has a lot of places you can walk around and see. It, but if you come to Omaha, I mean, you're in Omaha, you got to get the steak. The Drover's great, but there's a ton of good steak places up here as well, that I, so I've been told. I know the team went to Sullivan's. It's another one that that uh, Troy Clonch said he highly recommends.
0: All right, well, we've got it all. We've talked baseball, we've talked A&M, we've talked food. I don't think we can talk about anything else that's important right now. So, all right, be sure to check TheEagle.com for all of Travis's coverage from Omaha and the College World Series. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode of the Miaga Nation podcast. For Travis Brown, I'm Alex Miller. We'll see you next time.